They devoted themselves first to the apostles' teaching, second to the fellowship. Remember, that was a surprise to us because it didn't just mean having Kool-Aid and cookies together. It meant to share what God has given us, seeing ourselves as stewards of the things of God, caring for one another, looking out for one another, sharing with one another. And having looked at the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, we looked at the breaking of bread last week, you may recall. Focus being the celebration of communion. Jesus said, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. And then finally here, you will notice these three words, and the prayers. That is not what I expected. That little article, the, is not what I would expect to be there. Perhaps no word at all. Prayer. But you know what? Looking back at the time of day, the Jews and many of these new believers are Jewish. The church on the day it was born in this same very chapter was completely made up of Jews. Very Jewish, okay? Not limited to. But my friends, they had regular prayers. The Jews have a prayer for everything. I mean, it is really a wonderful habit that, uh, that uh, they, I was doing some research on this. I mean, if you were having something that included grapes, and I'm not talking about an alcoholic drink, but just any, they had a prayer for it. Whether it be bread or a drink or water or sunshine, there was a prayer to thank God for it. You know, and they, they had these habits some of them that I found is they had a prayer for waking up. Imagine your eyes open. And your mind is immediately cast upon God. And this was their prayer. I give thanks before you, living and eternal king, that you have returned within me, my soul, with compassion. How abundant is your faithfulness. To be reminded that you have yet another day before you and to praise him for it in prayer. And having already prayed waking up, you figure that box is checked. I ain't praying till breakfast. They had a morning prayer as well. My God, the soul you have given me is pure and you created it. You formed it and you breathed it into me. And you guard it while it is within me. And one day you will take it from me and restore it to me in the time to come. And as long as the soul is within me, I will thank you. Hashem, my God. Hashem is the Hebrew word that means the name. It is a reference to the name of God, which is Yahweh. Old Testament throughout, translated as that word Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Never see that in the Old Testament? Translating the word Yeshua. No, Yahweh. 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 All right, and this, this prayer continues. My God and God of my ancestors, master of all works, Lord of all souls, blessed are you, Yahweh, who restores souls to lifeless bodies. What a prayer. What a prayer. Thought out, carefully considered, and offered to God. 
And friends, I'm not, I'm not encouraging us that we just find other people's prayers and read them. That's not what prayer is. Prayer certainly can start that way. After all, the Lord Jesus gave us a prayer, a pattern to follow. Is it wrong to pray that prayer? Of course not. Is it wrong to simply read it out and consider that prayer? That's for you to judge. Imagine just simply reading stuff off to your spouse. I'm home and everything's fine. (laughs) Oh, what a dear relationship we have. Certainly it should pass through our heart before it passes through our lips. Well, my friends, we're going to talk about prayer today. If you haven't guessed yet, we're going to talk about prayer. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask and answer three questions here today. Going to ask and answer three questions, okay? The first question, my friends, is this What is prayer? Is it just talking to God? Well, yeah, in its essence. But I want to give you a, a different way to look at it here. I want you to think of prayer in these four different ways. The first would be a cell phone, a smartphone, as it were. I bet you most of you, if not all of you, have smartphones within reach even right now. Perhaps that's your Bible here this morning. It's right there in digital form. You know, a cell phone can be certainly and most likely more used for other things than simply calling someone. I'm not a mechanic. If you need help with your car, I can probably recommend somebody. But you know what? When the brakes go out, I got the tools. And I got YouTube. How many of you have used YouTube to solve some problem? Come on, don't be ashamed. Raise it high. Of course you have. It's a great resource. Someone else has bumbled through that nonsense, and you can learn from their experience. I do it with woodworking and all sorts of things. It's a great resource. So when you think of prayer, think of I am in a spot where I am not capable I am not able to do what it is I believe I ought to do. God help me. Give me the wisdom and understanding to address this relationship at work. To help me overcome this this sin, this temptation that seems to parade itself before me every day. God, teach me, show me, give me wisdom to know how to battle this. Prayer can be used like a cell phone. I need some help with some stuff. But you know what? It certainly isn't limited to that. Think of prayer as as a home phone. And who are you calling with that thing? Huh? You know, when I see a home phone, I think of calling my parents. My parents are both in heaven now. (sighs) But long conversations stuck to the end of a cord. Remember those days, walking around the dining room, you know, (laughs) twirling that thing around? I hated that thing all knotted up. Before I make a phone call, I disconnected and unwind the thing, you know? Think about prayer as a relationship with God. When you're not going to just ask something of God or tell something to God, but just to talk to God, to praise him for those beautiful colors you see at night smeared across the the whole sky and praise him for his creation. Maybe you just kiss your wife off to work and you say, God, I thank you 
Thank you for such a godly, good wife. She works hard. She is faithful and loving. She's an example to others. I thank you. God, help me to love her too. Like she loves other people, help me to love that way. And the things that come to mind as relationships off do, when you just begin to talk to someone and it leads to a joke and it makes you think of something else and you're just spending time with God. Is that part of your experience in a relationship with God? I, I fear that for so many it is, God, thank you for this food that you've provided for us. May it nourish us and help us and strengthen us. I've been to too many places, conferences where someone comes up to lead us in prayer and they start up, God, thank you for this food, and they're all ashamed, and, and, and it just becomes a repetition. Kids, how do your parents pray? I wonder if we asked them and gave them $10 each to recite their parents' prayer, would they be able to? Is it the same thing? We're not doing that, so just relax, okay? Kids are like, I could make $30. (laughs) I knew my parents' prayers. I knew how they started. I knew how they ended. I knew what would show up in between. How about you, parents? Do they know your one prayer? They hear it every day? Are your prayers real? Are you talking to God or reciting a poem? Think of that. Spend some time with God in prayer. And then there's this guy. Oh, yeah, we know about that one. Oh, God, help me. Into the red phone, emergency. God, I am drowning in this right now, and I don't know how I'm going to respond to this, but I feel like it's not going to be pretty good. God, help me. With your spirit within me, God, give me grace, give me peace, give me silence. God, help me. Prayer, it's not just for thanking God for the food, my friends. It's a whole lot more than that. Talking Talking to God about whatever circumstance is going on in your life even now. Even now. And the most important things are relationships, aren't they? That's why in the Lord's Prayer, every pronoun that appears in that prayer is plural. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those. Plural. Talking to the Father about the Father, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Talking to the Father about his program. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day provision, our daily bread, and pardon and forgive us our debts as we forgive those. Hmm. About protection from sin. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Relationships, my friend, relationships. And then there's this guy. You know about this guy? Oh, God, we need some reinforcements here. 
that little walkie-talkie and warfare. The evil one has taken some ground and you need to get it back. And you go to God. Prayer, my friends. Prayer. Talking to God in every circumstance. Pray without ceasing is the word. Yeah. When you go through life and you live in relationship with God, prayer is constant. So that leads to number two here. Question number two, why does it matter? I mean, really, do we really need to pray? I mean, there's millions of people who go through their whole life and they grow up and they go through high school and maybe go to college and get a good job and, and you know what? They have a family and they're raising their family and their kids are graduate and those people have never whispered a prayer in their life. I mean, what difference does it make? The question is, why should you be praying? Why should prayer be central in your everyday living? Not just when you think you need it, my friends, because you need it a whole lot more than you think. The first reason is we are dependent on God. We are absolutely dependent on God. I want to encourage you to turn with me to John 15. We're going to look at some passages here this morning. And the faster you turn, the faster we'll get there. How about? All right, John chapter 15. You may recall this passage well. Jesus giving a, this metaphor. You know, the Bible is full of metaphors. Jesus says to his disciples in John chapter 15, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Hmm. When I was in college, I worked with a, a guy who, who just worked with flowers and all sorts of things that grow. And he, he would take a look at this, this perfectly beautiful rose bush. And he would start cutting away at it. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? He says, if I want more roses, i got to get rid of the dead branches. And so the father, who is the vine dresser, begins to cut away that which will not bear fruit in our lives. Blessed separation. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's your dreams, my friend. Because the goal of the Christian life is to bear fruit for the glory of God. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Hey, I had something good going on. This was a good ministry. And boom, snip, and it's gone. Why? Because God wants more fruit. No fruit, fruit, more fruit, and already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Look at now closely here in verse 4. This is not a guarding, gardening manual. Jesus brings it home. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine 
and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It does not matter how talented you are. It does not matter how experienced you are. Apart from abiding in Christ, you can do nothing. Nothing. Zip, zilch, zippo, my friends. Nothing. Nothing. We need to be in relationship with Christ. Communication is key, my friends. So why does it matter? Because without connection with God, we are, we are dependent on him. And without him, we can do nothing. Now I want you to turn to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. And verse 15. Mark 9, 15. Mark 9, 15. Where we are about to discover that without prayer, we are easily defeated. Without prayer, we are easily defeated. Mark 9, 15. We pop in here and we see that immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were they greatly amazed. Remember Jesus, wherever there's mobs following him. Not because they worshipped him, it's because they wanted something from him. Greatly amazed, ran up to him and greeted him and he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a, a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And so I asked your disciples to cast it out. But they were not able they had raised people. They had cured people through the spirit of God and the power of Christ. They, they, they were doing all sorts of miracles. And lo and behold, his parents in desperation, they bring him to Jesus. They ask his disciples, cast out this demon. But they could not. Jesus answered them, A faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? And listen to these words. These are the words of Christ nobody puts on their wall. A faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Think of the heaviness of watching day after day the faithlessness of all of these people. Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, tormented, most of his life. And it has often cast him into a fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, 
<laughs> Imagine saying that to Jesus. Jesus, if you're able, <laughs> if you're able. Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. And immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Sounds like prayer to me. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to him, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was, was like a corpse. So that most of them said, well, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose and when he had entered the house, his disciple asked him privately, why, why could we not cast him out? Well, what's wrong with us? I mean, we were sincere. I mean, we were very purposeful. We did all the stuff that those people are writing in the books. Hmm. And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And they went on from there and passed through Galilee, and he did not any, want anyone to know. Friends, you need to pray. You, you need to become a person of prayer. I'm not talking about one of those eye-rubbing prayers. You know what I'm saying? get together somewhere out in public and you want to pray? Okay. <laughs> Come on, who hasn't done that, right? Yeah, bow your head, cover it up. Don't want anybody to know you're praying or anything. They might ask you about Jesus. And then you could tell them about what Christ has done for us and dying on the cross for our sin, being raised from the dead, offering new life. By faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. How should you be praying? Let's wrap it up here. This is how you should pray. Privately and corporately. Let's just start that off. Privately, corporately. What do I mean by that? I mean you should be praying alone and by yourself. And you ought to be praying with other people as well. Secondly, the only way that your prayers are effective is if they are prayed in Christ's name, in Jesus' name. In John chapter 16 and verse 23, Jesus says, In that day you will ask nothing of me. He's talking about his departure. After Christ is gone, and they're concerned about this. What do you mean you're going to be gone? What do you mean you're leaving us? In that day, you will ask nothing of me truly. Truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. What does it mean to ask in Jesus' name? And it doesn't mean tacking that on to the end of your prayer. You know, that's not the magic code to get in. You know, if that were, you should start with it. <laughs> but it's not. Praying in Jesus' name is praying in his authority. You have no access to God other than through him. 
to pray in Christ's name is what opens the door. If you are not in Christ, you have no access to God. It is because you have put your faith in Jesus Christ and you have been transformed, a new nature, a new relationship that gives you access to God. One of the things Christ died for is that you might have access to the Father. And so, my friends, we come in the authority of Christ, not in our own name. Lord, it's me, Dave. You know the guy working hard for you. I preached a good sermon on Sunday. You got to listen to me now. God laughs. Who are you? God, I come in the authority of Christ to ask and plead with you for that family who's, who's running through fire right now. I'm going to pray about that family in just a moment. Thirdly, if you're going to pray, my friends, do it in faith. James in chapter 1 and verse 5 through 7, we read, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But, little warning here, but let him ask in faith. With no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord without faith. What is your prayer? When you pray, you go to a God who hears you, a God who loves you, a God who will answer you. Pray, my friends, pray privately, corporately, in Jesus' name, and in faith. And friends, let's not forget this one. According to God's will. God answers prayers that are asked according to his will. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. The Lord's Prayer is a teaching outline of how, how we ought to pray, to whom we ought to pray, and what we ought to pray about. And starting right there at the top is his will. His will. Your kingdom come and your will be done. How can we know God's will? Well, we have his word. You see, he had it accurately recorded and preserved just for you. You can get it online. You can get it at the library. Go to any hotel, motel. It's probably in the lamp desk drawer. The word of God is everywhere to be read and studied and obeyed. And so, my friends, do it according to God's will. And then we move on to our fifth in a list of uh, more than five. <laughs> when you go to pray, make sure that you are in a right relationship with others. There's another one to put on your living room wall, my friends. First Peter chapter 3. I want to encourage you to look there. First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. 
Here's Peter, and he says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. And when they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight very precious. Precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, in a whole different direction here, friends, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. And a bit of a warning here for you men so that your prayers may not be hindered. You cannot abuse the children of God and expect that your relationship with God is clean. Your prayers don't make it to the ceiling, my friends, if you are not right with your brothers and sisters. Make it right. A right relationship with others is absolutely necessary when you go to a a prayer with God. Yeah, go ahead and underline that one, friends. Make a note and a cover your Bible. Lest your prayers be hindered. Men, you are called to love one another. The description of what it looks like for a woman may be a little longer, but it's no different. Love one another. Submit yourselves to one another, lest your prayers be hindered. Number six, with sincerity. In Matthew chapter six, in verse seven, Jesus, talking about prayer to his disciples, warns them this. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. It's not about the length of your prayer and the vocabulary that you use, my friends. It is that that your prayer is offered to God from the heart. According to his will, good relationship with others, sincerity, not just blathering out the same old prayer over and over and over again. You don't want to pray it and God doesn't want to hear it from the heart, from the heart, from the heart, my friends. And finally, as if you thought it would never come, pray with intensity. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, I mean, let's, when we think about intensity, let's, let's think for just a moment 
when Jesus was in the garden and his disciples from afar and they looked on and there is Jesus talking to his father and he sweat as it were great drops of blood. That's some intensity there, my friends. You have great need, as do I, to be praying with great intensity. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, we are reminded, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us go. I think the King James translate that boldly. Let us then with great confidence go pray. God encourages, invites you to talk with him. You know, there are just questions. If you could tell God three things about you, my friends, what's stopping you? If you could ask God, he has given us his word. You cheat yourself when you neglect the word of God in prayer, which, by the way, make a great combination. Talk to him about what you're reading, my friends, and how your life needs to change and the resources that he offers to help you get there. Praying with intensity. Let's wrap it up here. Bible to go. Let's put the sermon in a sentence. A healthy church is a church that prioritizes prayer. Doesn't neglect prayer, friends. Don't neglect it. You need it far more than you could possibly realize. Remember, apart from him, you can do nothing. Nothing. So pray, pray, pray. Pray when you wake. Pray when you shower. Prayer where you dress. You need it. And you don't even realize it. You have no idea how a relationship with God that is intimate and consistent will change your life. It'll change your outlook. It'll change your future, my friends, and you have no idea how it will change the people around you. Pray. Pray sincerely. Mean it from the heart, my friends, not flippantly. Pray unselfishly. Me, 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 my, my, my. How about us? How about we? How about our? And finally, do it regularly. My friends, not something just to do when the food is in front of you. Pray. Pray in the car. Pray at night. Find reasons to bow your head in prayer. Not, not behind the wheel. Keep your eyes open for that one. It is not the position of the body, my friends. It is the position of the heart. Pray, pray. And I want to close with this. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they might be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's reevaluate the content of our prayers and the heart behind it, my friends. And see how God is glorified. And where God is glorified, he sends his resources.